impacts them every day. I think we're going to do a great job. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Modern Man Podcast. As always, thank you for the time. We appreciate it, and we certainly won't take it for granted. This is a podcast where we're on a mission of helping men get connected in pursuit of their potential, and we do that by embracing discomfort, cultivating community, and putting wind in each other's sails. Before we get wind in our sails from our guest today, uh, I first want to remind folks to hit that like button, subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube, leave us a rating if you're listening on your favorite streaming app, because that's the best compliment that you can give us and even more so share this with a friend if you get value from these episodes because it means so much to us in helping keeping this podcast going with that being said let's get that win in our sales from our guest today i'm excited because this is a good friend of mine justin draplin ceo of eclipse cottages joining us on the call justin thank you for taking the time i know you got a full rolodex man i'm so happy to be here i just want to horse around with my buddy ted and see what happens Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have some fun, Justin. And and before we we hop in and horse around a little bit, uh, I want to make sure that the audience has a chance to to meet you. So I want to make sure that you have a, a good opportunity to introduce yourself in your own words, because I could say my good friend, I could say the title, but that doesn't tell the whole story. So please take the floor really quick. Let people know who you are, what you do, and uh, yeah. yeah, we can chat a little bit more. So my name is Justin Draplin. Um, Ted likes to refer to me as Super Genius. <laughs> um, I'm married, four kids, ages 11, nine, seven, soon to be five. They are my world. Love my wife. Shout out to her, Jackie. And, um, I do tiny homes. I do development. I'm in solar. Um, I'm, I love business. I love people. That's it. That's I love my it. whole, that's, that's it. That's all me. That's it. <laughs> all there is. Yeah. I, I, I love it because. Um, I, I love you started with family because when we when we talked about this podcast episode and getting together and 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 horsing around, as you mentioned, you're like, I was like, man, what do we talk about? And, and you said, take your pick. And and I'm going to use your words here because I pulled up the email says, <laughs> pick a couple. I'm a real winner. Um, and, and if you don't mind, man, I, I love the the humility in that because a title like CEO, I remember as a young kid thinking that. These these people were, um, you know, anointed or something, right? Like these these people are different, or you know, my path is not going to lead to that. But you have such such a humble story and things that you've overcome, and what you do on a daily basis, and to give credence and credit to your family there shows where your values and your foundation is. So I'd love to know how that came about. Was that always the case? Was it something crafted over time? Or is that kind of where you are now in life and it's come through trials, tribulations, and a couple lessons along the way? Oh, goodness gracious. So <laughs> first, I want to clarify that when I said I'm a real winner, there was a lot more sarcasm in the yeah. way that I wrote it than the way that you read it. Fair and, enough. <laughs> um, man, growing up, I was a train wreck. I was a complete train wreck. Um I suffered with um, insecurity. Um, I got into drugs and alcohol. Um, I could not keep a friend for the life of me. I was a, I was a loner. Um, not necessarily because I wanted to be, um, but because I thought I had to be. Um, you know, if I hurt you first, you can't get too close and and therefore hurt me, kind of stuff. Um, so no, this is definitely not how I always was. Um, I, I would say anybody that has ever known me and my history would, would agree with that statement. 
um, it was a journey, you know, it was, it was, a, it, it's been a long journey. It's been a great journey. And I, I, I pray and hope that that journey continues, um, to, to develop over time. And it's been a fantastic one. What do you think, um, what do you think it was that drove you in that direction first? So I, I like I like going full arc with this story because you know early on I, I like to get deep and quick because I want to make sure we have some time on the back end to kind of show the flowers right and the growth. Um, mm-hmm. So where do you what do you think it was that drove you to that mindset of like hey if I hurt you first you can't hurt me? Uh, I you thought you had to be this loner. What do you think was some yeah, of the seeds you know, behind that? Honestly, some of it came to do came to be with my parents getting divorced when I was younger. You know, I was maybe in kindergarten, mm. um, and you know, it was a situation where I had to watch my parents fight, and you know, it was almost like I got put on the back burner. You know, I, and if they're if they ever hear this, I know that they'd probably be hurt by hearing that. But you know, and then my dad um, lost custody, uh, so my mom. We spent a lot of time with my mom, but my, then my dad, it was. Every Wednesday after school and every other weekend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I got older, that kind of faded away because then you get friends and, you know, you don't want to spend that time. And so it was just um question. Yeah. Every Wednesday, every other weekend. Was that enough for you? Absolutely not. To this day, I have issues with that. Um, I'm so I get so jealous of men that have relationships with their fathers. Um, and that had that relationship growing up, you mm-hmm. know, um, I don't have, I mean, yeah, I remember playing some basketball with my dad, playing a little bit of catch. Um, but you know, once a week isn't enough, <laughs> you know, there's, there's so much that I missed out with, especially when you get into dealing with girls and those kinds of relationships. And so, Having never had that that solid man relationship, you know, it, you you need, in my opinion, you need solid, comfortable, confident, credible, encouraging relationship with men, or with your same sex, your same gender, whatever, before you can understand how to have a quality relationship with the opposite gender. In my opinion. I think that there's a lot of value to be had. They're different. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say that they're the same at all. But for me, it was that, um, you know, building relationships and having friends helped me build me Mm. as far as understanding who I am. Um, It was easier for me to not put my value in them. Um, It was more a relationship. Whereas before I got sober, um, it was you know, my identity was wrapped in, in whoever I could get to like me. Um, but then I could hurt them. Right. And maintain the sick control of the relationship. Right. It was just not, not good. Not good at all. Yeah. So high school, college, Justin, how did you operate relationships, friendships, and, and how did that perpetuate into the, the work life afterwards? Right. Because I think a lot of us as men, we go through a lot of development through high school and college, right? That's, I would say for me, where I came out of my shell, that's where a lot of the foundations for where I am now kind of started. But obviously I had to take a lot of detours since then. There were a lot of things that were implemented there that were 
boys leading boys when I joined a fraternity when I was young in the football team. So there were a lot of things instilled in me of boys leading boys, but there were also things that I got out of that time that has helped me feel more confident, um, kind of in terms of where football was more of where I kind of learned how to give and take a hard time, joke yeah. around, things like that. That's where I got my tough skin, which was good. But mm -hmm it didn't always translate well in the real world. So how were you through high school and college talking about that, those relationships that you'd be able to manipulate, which wasn't good, but then how did the yeah, real well, world change that? Yeah. And keep in mind, it wasn't even intentional, right? It took yeah. me getting sober and looking back and being like, Oh my goodness. Um, you know, my wife today, she would have never talked to me in a million years if she had met me back then. Um, so what I got from it, I, I, I honestly don't know. I, I can't say that I got a whole lot of good. I, I learned a lot about like how not to be during that time. <laughs> so, you know, I guess that is learning. Um, you know, I got into trouble, not, not even trouble. My problem was I got away with it. Right. So, you know, starting in ninth grade, I'm, I'm, I'm doing drugs. Um, but I'm still getting good grades, you know, um, that was, that was more of a problem for me. Like, I feel like if I would have gotten more trouble faster, it, it may have helped me. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I remember senior in high school, I was in AP Calc and I remember being in there for the final, my final exam at AP Calc and having a nervous breakdown because I was on so much wacky stuff at that time, like doing drugs during school in high school. And I had a, I had a nervous breakdown for the final for AP Calc. And I got like a 7%. I could barely put my name on the stupid paper wow. and I just walked out and I still remember that. Um, but the crazy thing about that is keep in mind that was AP Calc. I did that for while yep. going through this in high school. And then I still was able to test out of math in college. So like I haven't taken math since AP Calc in high school, but I'm I, I'm a college graduate because I was able to test out of math because, you know, I took the college whatever and they, I got my college credit for it. Never take, taking math. How? By the grace of God. I don't know how. I don't know why. But I, but I did. So that was why I was able to get away from it. So that's why I don't know that I learned a lot during that time um, other than looking back and saying, oh, gosh. Mm -hmm. that that's not how I want to live my life. Yeah. Um, relationship wise, again, it was just, the, I learned a lot of examples of how to not have not. These are the relationships I don't want. This is, this is not how I should treat people. This is not how I deserve to be treated. Um, that would probably be the most value I learned from that time is, mm -hmm. you know, what not to do. Yeah, which is valuable feedback for those listening and watching. I definitely would point that out is, you know, sometimes we have the examples of what to do, but also we have mm -hmm. the examples in our lives of what not to do. And, you know, there's usually things that's like, you know, why don't you like X? It's like, because I've tried it. I've done it. I don't like it. Right. Like I've been there, done that, bought the T-shirt. I'm not going back. So yeah. um, th there are lessons in, in both paths. And something I want to touch on a little bit later when you talked about your wife not would never talk to you in a million years had she met you back then. My wife can can definitely say the same sentiment for me. So you have two men here who are who are now, I would say, happily married to women who would not have 
<laughs> married them, their old selves. So th there is going to be credence there and some value there later on. But I want to, I guess I want to touch on where did the lessons start coming in? Where did, where did some of the, all right, Justin, this is not working out, start kind of creeping in your head, whether it was life, whether it was just a, a mirror moment where you're like, um, I got to change or yeah. was it life that punched you in the face? Yeah, it, it was, I guess all my, my decisions catching up with myself. Right. Um, and I ended up getting, I was in an unhealth, a very unhealthy relationship um, and ended up getting a drunk driving mm. in college. And um, it was, it was bad. Uh, I mean, I was, I went, I had some suicidal thoughts, um, you know, and that's the, one of the scariest moments was being in court and having, you know, I did the questionnaire, like, have you ever done this? Have you ever done this? And I'm being honest, right. And hearing the judge read back that I had suicidal thoughts. It was like one of those moments of like, wait a minute, no, 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 no. I take it back. I take it back, you know, <laughs> but the reality was that I did. And I, and I was being honest about it, but it was like, I wanted to immediately minimize it because I realized like, that's not good. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, that was one moment that stuck out. And in another moment actually came while I got, so I had violated my probation after I was drinking and, and I had, I, I knew I had this problem, right? I knew I wanted to quit drinking. I knew it wasn't doing anything good for me, um, but I couldn't. And it was as simple as me telling my buddies, I'm not drinking anymore. Him saying, I'll buy your first drink. Me saying, what time? Right. Yeah. It was like that easy to get me to get me to the bar. Right. Even though in my head, when I said I was done, I was done. I really meant it. That that's the sick part of the of the disease of alcoholism, right? But I remember going, getting then sent to outpatient, and I remember the guy leading it. And there's 20 of us in a group, and he asked two questions back to back. The first question he asked was, "Who wants to stop drinking?" Right? All 20, 30 people raise their hand. Oh yeah, me, me, me. Yeah, we're all in there. Here. <laughs> yep, yeah, absolutely. That's why we're here to stop drinking. Thank you very much. And his next question, because we're all idiots, was who's going to drink again? All the hands went down, except for mine. And it was one of those moments, one, okay, the other people are just liars. Yeah. They lied at one or the other. I don't know what one, but they're lying. <laughs> and, but I was, I knew I was being honest. Um, I knew that I really wanted to stop drinking, but I also knew that I was going to drink again. And so that was a moment that really stuck out in my head of like, something's wrong with me, right? Like mm -hmm. anybody with any common sense could point to that and be like, something is screwed up with that, right? And so I realized it and, you know, did I drink that night? You're darn right I did. Um, but it, put, it planted the seed. You know, those were the seeds that got planted of like, hey, you really need to examine what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um but I would say those are probably the two biggest moments. That's all it takes sometimes is just that seed because I, mean, I think a lot of us right, where they say, oh, admitting you have a problem is the first step. Like it might sound cliche, but mm -hmm. for so many of us, for myself, when I decided to kind of like turn my life around when my dad finds finds a pack of cigarettes, bra in the closet, when my parents come to visit and he's like, what kind of women do you have in here and everything? Like I was not making wasn't it? It was it was my bra. Um, you should have known. But <laughs> cigarettes were hers. You're but... bench pressing a lot at the time. Don't worry. We know. I'm up to an A cup now, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that was a oh, literally it was like my dad, like, look at him, like, what are you doing? You know, like, what are you doing? 
And that was a moment for me of like, hey, I realize I got to change some things. But to your point, I didn't change that day. I didn't change mm-hmm. that night or that weekend, right? But that seed usually sometimes is just enough for us to start watering a different idea, watering a different mindset, which mm-hmm. will water a different identity, which could lead to difference of behaviors. Um, what do you think well, was it that actually um, triggered the the change, right? Because at some point in time, you did stop drinking. At some point in time, you did have that last drink. What do you think sparked that change in behavior? Um, getting sentenced to go to AA meetings after I violated my probation. There you go. <laughs> I mean, that was that was part of the watering, right? That was part of the hey, you need to address this problem. Um, and I still, even after I started doing that, I I still remember my last drink. And kind of one of the sayings is, if you don't remember your last drink, you haven't had it yet. Mm-hmm. And I still remember it was a Guinness and I remember being halfway through it and I had quit for good, you know, for the 30th time or whatever. And I remember looking into the glass thinking, oh my gosh, I'm doing it again. Ooh. And then I finished it because that's what alcoholics do. Um, but that was my last drink. Um, and I got more serious with it um you know it was like at first when i was when i was trying to get sober and and clean my life out it was like i couldn't make it a day right um and then i got like okay well i could get a a week or two goes by and it's like proof like see right i told you i didn't need it time to go celebrate right um forget the fact that i said i was going to never do it again i proved that i could so therefore i can right um, it was kind of just working through through that um, that mental problem, right? It's the same mental issue. It was just starting to put some sobriety to it, trying starting to water some healthy habits. You know, as you had mentioned, you know, hanging out with sober people, having sober conversation. It's very different. I'm telling you, people. If you don't realize that your conversation is on a whole different level when you're drinking than when you're sober, you might want to take a look at that because it's very different. Um, And so just starting to have, you know, starting to have relationship, healthy relationships, right, of people that were wanting to get sober, do better. um, You know, that was all very very needed in my life. I mean, but all, you know, ultimately it's God, right? And and we kind of skipped over that in the beginning and and without God, I'm nothing. So we just lost connection. If you want to play this to let people know that we lost connection, make sure they know. So <laughs> if it sounds disjointed, I'm not this crazy. So that was when I realized, or, okay, let me circle back. So God is ultimately the most important thing in my life. Without that, I don't have anything else that follows. And so what sobriety brought me to was a relationship with God. Before I got sober, you know, I believed in a quote unquote higher power, but not God. I mean, I was so stupid and delusional because like I'm talking about the same exact thing and saying I believe one and not the other. But it's it's like, yes, that is an apple. I see that as an apple, but I'm not going to acknowledge that that is an apple. Like what? It's the same (laughs) same thinking that I had like being an alcoholic, right? Like you, anybody can point to that and be like, that brain ain't working right. Um, and so I had to get, get 
kind of past that kind of, that kind of stuff in, um, in, in coming to a truth, a, a belief in, in that higher power, um, building a relationship with that higher power, prayer, um, you know, giving back. Uh, I, you know, I never thought about giving back ever. You know, that was never, it was all about me. What can I get from this? Right. And now my conversations are, how can I help you? Right. And, you know, when we're talking to like, hey, what do you want out of this podcast? I'm like, I really don't care. I just want to, you know, I just want to chill with Ted. You know, if that's if I have to schedule a podcast and share my story to get time with Ted, I'm going to do it because I like Ted. Get on my calendar. Um, <laughs> but I mean, that, you know, that's just it. Like, I, I, I enjoy this. I enjoy spending time with people. Um, you know, that's what's important. And if if my story um, can give can be the seed for somebody else or be the watering um, as you say, for somebody else to say, oh, look, this is, I'm on the right path, right? I'm going to fall. I'm going to make mistakes, but I can always get back on it. You know, and that's what partly what God taught me was like, we're never too lost. Yeah. Um, you know, and that, and that can be a hard concept, but I've lived it. You know, I've, I, I should be dead. You know, the, the a saying is big house, bug house or the box. Like I should have mm -hmm. been in one of them. Right. Yeah. And I'm not, and that's a flipping miracle. Why do I believe in God? That's exactly why, because I deserved and I should have been in one of those. And I'm not quite frankly, that's as much proof as I need. Now he's given me a lot more proof, <laughs> but for me, like that's my story. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're here, man. And I appreciate you sharing that story because it certainly is. Um, it is a seed for somebody because the intro, right? I say the name Justin in the title CEO Eclipse Cottages in the mind. A lot of people are like, oh, this guy's got it figured out and, you know, nothing. So pulling back the curtain and and that's literally everything you just mentioned with that story. Um, sure, it wasn't the whole thing, but the cliff notes, right? It was what you kind of put before the, you know, I'm a real winner, right? Which is yeah. probably why no one really got the sarcasm at first. But honestly, you are a winner, man, because you've triumphed and you've come out on top right and you've gotten the prize which we'll talk about right now because you said it earlier my wife would not have talked to me <laughs> and, and i remember i met my wife um after i graduated college she was still a sophomore in college and we joke all the time because this was before tinder and bumble and all those dating apps but she said, had that been around and we went to college together, she would have swiped left on me uh, just because of how I carried myself in school, the reputation I had in school and really where I was mindset wise wasn't quite all there yet. I had a lot of development to do. So four and a half, five years later, when the same person met me because, oh, you're living in a similar city of a relationship flourished uh, because I was a different person i was the same i was ted i was still ted but i was a different ted than she had met and because of that we are now married and and i'm excited for for the years that we're going to be spending together but when did your wife come into picture and how was that for you in terms of as you mentioned having healthier relationships being sober maybe she came before you were sober i'd, I'd be interested yeah, to yeah. know how that worked out so actually i was about i think it was about two and a half or three years sober when I actually met my wife, um, prior to that, I mean, in that three years, I didn't do a lot of date. I, I had been on an occasional date, but you got to keep in mind, I was a complete train wreck. Um, the best thing that happened to me was really 
you know, she's just not that into me. None of them. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I mean, I didn't have a lot going for me. Right. I didn't know how to dress. Right. I wasn't like a flashy dresser. I didn't have a lot of money. I didn't like, uh, truly, I was not a winner. Right. Um, but you were on your way. <laughs> I was on my way. Yeah. And, you know, for whatever reason she saw, she saw who I was trying to be. I think that's all I can chalk it up to is she saw where I was aiming. She wasn't looking at me as much where I was at, but she was looking where I was aiming. Cause shortly after that, I quit my job. I was unemployed. You know, she started paying some bills, right? It was yeah. like, she's crazy. You know, the, <laughs> the more, the more I learn about me, I joke, the more I learn about me, the more I disgust that I am with my wife that she married me. Like, what were you thinking it's like um, hold on you, you good <laughs> yeah it's like i was still a train wreck right i still did not have it together but um but i can honestly say i was more and i hope that i continue to progress throughout this time and i believe that i have but you know i was a more caring person it was more about what am what am i going to bring into that relationship and that's why i didn't date a lot right because because that was what was hammered into me well what do you provide into the relationship it's not about what you can get out of the relationship it's what you can pour into it and if you don't have something to pour into it you really have no reason to be in that relationship um and so at that time you know what i did have was a relationship with god that mm-hmm. i did have um i had a prayer life um, you know, I had, I had that, right. No, I didn't. I, I mean, I was making okay money at the time, but I didn't have anything saved, you know? Um, um, did you pray with your wife when you started dating? So we did. Um, one of the, one of the things that she actually brought up, um, was, uh, you know, I'm Catholic, so I would go to Catholic service and, and she came to service with me um very early in our relationship probably too early because it freaked her out a little bit because everybody knew me because right i was active and uh you know a youth group member leader and um you know very active in all these different things in the church so like not everybody but a lot of people knew me so when i brought a girl like (laughs) she got swarmed right you know like oh is this the one it's like whoa dude this is you know it's been like three weeks we've been dating like Mm -hmm. Slow your roll, Deacon. Um, Should we set a date? <laughs> no, like, hold on, right? I mean, I, honestly, she may have gotten that question. Um, you know, when she when she came, but um, but she knew my faith was important to me. She knew God was important to me, and she was the one that brought up, "Hey, um, do you want to start reading?" So, in the Catholic Church, you do the same reading. You know, the readings in advance mm-hmm. for that service. And I had mentioned like that was something that I wanted to start doing. Was like you know, reading those in advance so you can get more from it when the preacher is talking about it, right? And so she was the one that actually brought it up and took some initiative of, let's do that, right? Nice. Let's pull up these Bible verses that we're going to go sit at service and start reading. Now, it, you know, that's something that we I really wish we did more of, and I really need to step up my game. I'm not blaming her at all. This is this is really on me, right? I'm distracted with work. We got four kids. You know, it's easy to like make excuses. I get that. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm just failing. I'm still, I'm still not a winner, right? Like I'm still, 
the more I learn and the healthier I get, the more unhealthy I realize I am and was, if mm. that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've said it before. I've told people on the podcast, you know, I'm a work in progress. And a lot of guys that have been on the podcast, yourself included, and even me as the host, I try and make sure that there's no facade for the listeners and the people at home. Like we're no different than anybody else that's out there, right? Yeah. We've made the mistakes. We've fallen on our face. And I'm surprised I still get paid with this, this ugly mug. But it's it's one of those things where I'm a work in progress. I'm still figuring this out. I'm still trying to improve a little bit. And I look back and see how far I've come, which is great. But I still have a long way to go. And I think you're you're kind of putting out those same sentiments, which is very humble uh, of you because I, I would say you've accomplished, and this is obviously from the outside looking in, as we, uh, we mentioned a lot, because we never know really what's behind closed doors for some people. So you being transparent and telling us that journey is, is huge because, I mean, from everything that, that I've seen, I mean, let's talk about Eclipse Cottages. Not only the the tiny homes that you've been building, the new Comet model that's come out, but also the tiny home village that you're also building and the things that that can do for the world and also the net zero aspect of it, of what it could do for the environment. The life that you're living, Justin, is providing a ripple effect of good. And I'm interested to know how how the building blocks first came together, how the business business first came together, how um, you know the growth with four kids in the family came together. Mm. I mean, we don't have we don't have to go into the anatomy and the biology of how that happens. <laughs> when a man and a woman love each other very much, Ted, um, it was uh, gosh. It, Prayer, following God, trying to do what's best for other people, for my family, for my wife. My wife grew up in Texas. We were living in Michigan, right? If you're not used to six months of misery, it's particularly difficult, right? So snow, clouds, nonstop, all the time, it's terrible. Well, she grew up most of her life in Texas, right? Austin, Texas. It's like sunny and 100 degrees, like almost all year right um so that was difficult she was staying home with the kids um you know in prayer it was just you need to change this this is not good this is not what's best for everybody um all my family was there and that's what what i was kind of latching on to i was active in my church my church was there and in prayer you know i i got this calling of you're okay it's time you know and I knew what that meant. I knew I knew it. It was go on, go forth. Um, take what I'm take what you've learned and and bring it with you, right? And I was kind of mad at God, actually. I was pissed. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, I'm I'm now I've got my I finally got my life together in some semblance of order, right? I've got an active church life and friends and family, a wife that actually loves me. Um, kids that think I'm awesome, and now you want me to pick up everything and move, right? Um, and and quite frankly, it was the greatest thing that's happened. You know, we ended up moving to South Carolina. I didn't, we didn't have friends here, we didn't have family here, we didn't have work here. Like it was just like this is where we're gonna go. 
Um, again, we prayed about it. We talked about it. We, you know, there was common sense. It wasn't just like, hey, roll the dice and let's see how it plays out. Um, There's a lot of discernment. Um, and we ended up going from Charleston up to Greenville. Um, and my company at the time is Superhero Capes. Um, that was still up in Michigan. And I was looking to move it down because we knew Greenville was going to be where we we're going to raise our kids. I'm like, okay, well, now we should probably move the business here if that's if that's the plan. And um, found a piece of property, had to figure out what to do with it, ended up doing a tiny home development. What was Superhero Capes and how were you running that remotely? Um, so we had, I don't know, at the time, like 12 or 15 employees uh, up in Michigan doing customer service. I had a manager um, making capes, cutting and sewing. I mean, we were, one of the, we were one of the fastest growing private companies in the country in 2013. I got my, somewhere I got my Inc. 500 plaque um, nice. for being one of the fastest growing private companies. Um, and actually, I wasn't even supposed to. My, my partner was actually going to buy me out of that. Um, you know, some didn't work out the way that we had hoped and I ended up buying her out. Um, but so I, I ended up, you know, having to figure out what to do with it. And, um, you know, I, I was moving one way or another. So that was partly why she was going to buy me out. Cause I wanted to move. I didn't know how to sew, you know, why am I going <laughs> to, I don't want to do this. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it, it ended up working out where I ended up buying her out and, um, and then I just managed it remotely. So when I moved it here, um, found this property, came into tiny homes. And quite frankly, people that live in tiny home communities, like they're the coolest people in the world. They they they're buying a tiny home because it's it's aspirational. It's it's about the way that they want to live their life, right? It it's no longer, you know, a fancy house, you know, it's no longer a big house with extra rooms that nobody uses to just show off or whatever. It's it's the function of you know, I want to go out, I want to go on more vacations. You know, yeah. I want to spend more time with friends. I want to go out to eat with them. I want to do more activities. I don't want to have to worry about coming back home and, you know, having to clean the, the third bathroom in the house or, you know, getting the three bedrooms that my kids moved out of. I got to still clean it because it gets covered in dust. And, you know, and then you're paying, you got all this extra expense of like, you're heating and cooling the space that you're not using. Why? And so the people that are attracted to tiny homes has just been very eye-opening. I love it. I love that more than anything. Cause I, like I said, I, I love people. I'm a people person. Yeah. And like, I like that part of it. Um, I mean, I like, I like business too. So I think it, it, it's been, a, it's been a good fit. Um, you know, we're doing more and more with the solar now. Um, yeah. The solar tax credits that are available has, have made that, um, you know, more attractive financially, but, you know, obviously doing more sustainable energy, renewable energy out there is going to be a good thing as well. All our homes that we build. So after we did the development, I started building. And when I built, I said, I want to do all the best technology. So we did, we do solar roof on all of them. We do IOT. So smart housing technology built into them. We use high R value insulation, steel construction. So it's like bug proof, fireproof, waterproof. Uh, and I don't want this to turn into a, I, I'm very passionate good? about what I do from a work yeah. perspective. And I'm, I, you know, my intent isn't for this to become an infomercial, <laughs> just know that we're amazing. Eclipsecottages.com. And let's, you know, let's be honest. Honestly, this is not an infomercial. We're like 37 minutes in, man. It's the first year we're talking about it. So oh, wait, there's more. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> but no, honestly, um, 
that's that's amazing and this is actually the perfect segue into really kind of the fruits of your labor and how it all came about because were you always did you always have business acumen was this always something you had in mind yeah. i mean because i, I, I always business was always like my creative release right i still remember when i was a kid and like <laughs> thinking like i was a genius right because i figured out like you could make a taco holder so when you wanted to get taco bell at the drive-thru right mm -hmm. and i was probably like 12 right i'm thinking I'm, you, if you had like a box that like was on your hand and it could like be underneath and catch all the stuff as it fell mm -hmm. right safer to drive and eat a taco <laughs> genius business idea somebody has yet to roll it out i mean that's a billion dollar idea free for your listening audience and then we want that 10 percent commission check <laughs> that's right royalties <laughs> yeah Count it. yeah you just send it over the modern man podcast.com yeah. so so you always had kind of that mindset of kind of yeah. like uh spying out a problem to solve right yeah and i think it's like i like i really like learning but i like learning what i wanted to learn not what school made me learn like, i hated school i hated mm -hmm. everything about it um but i really like learning so business allowed me to do that it i get to i get to learn what i want to learn and it just happens to be within a business framework right so if i want to spend time researching cryptocurrency right for fun I can do that. And, and my wife jokes, because basically I do whatever I want. And I just justify it as a business expense. Well, I'm just, you know, it's market research, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I go out to eat all the time because I might start a restaurant one day. You never know. Um, Valid. So, so that was, um, so that's always been a piece of it. You know, I, I, I do think a part of it was, you know, kind of rolling the tape back a little bit growing up, parents getting divorced. I remember some of the fights over money. Um, yeah. I remember them having a fight over money, believe it or not. And I remember giving my mom like a card and like taping, taping quarters, right. Yeah. As like a, a six-year-old. Right. And I don't ask me why I still, well, I know why I remember it because it affected me in a, in a profound way, but I still remember that, that time. Um, I do remember my mom hugging me in that time. Right. And now as a parent, I get it, right? Like that yeah. quarter ain't doing nothing for nobody. But, but it's really the not... sweetest gesture a six-year-old could make. Right, <laughs> right. So I, I remember that, right? And I remember, you know, I, I don't remember not having money growing up because we were always, all our needs were always met. Um, but I remember a fight about money, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's part of it too, is business being this um, economic freedom, of being able to create your own wealth, your own income, as opposed to, for me, like, I just couldn't rely on somebody else um, yeah. to hire me. I, I kept jobs, right? I was a good employee. I was always a hard worker and all that kind of stuff. But it just, you know, I, I can't stand politics. I can't stand, like, you got to kiss the boss's butt if you want the job, you want the promotion. You know, it's the same thing that bugs me about actual, like actual real life politics, right? Like, yeah, you got to get stuff done. It's like, who you bribing, right? Yeah. Like, come on, man, guys, like, can't we just do what's right? Like, you don't, they're all idiots as far as I'm concerned. And but, I'm, I'm not going to lie, as I'm getting older, um, and, and part of me doing this podcast, part of me sending this message out, I wholeheartedly believe that, um, 
everybody, not just men, but everybody, women that listening that are listening to this, watching this, this is for you just as much. Uh, even though this message mostly goes to men, because because we need to hear it, is is get control of your own life. Uh, and I, and if anything, these past two years has shown me or opened up my eyes, it's really kind of put a fire under my butt in terms of controlling my own life, right? And and to your point, you know, I'm I'm a great employee. I work hard, and when I'm working for a company, I want the company to prosper and succeed and, and do well. But I'm also highly aware that I've made a contract with this company for my time for a dollar amount that they've agreed agreed to pay me. And as long as I'm under contract, as long as we have that agreement, this is what I do. Yeah. But if anyone's listening and they feel trapped in their arena, if they feel trapped in the one spot, I do think business or or what I wrote down, learn and add the business acumen to it is we could really kind of just live the life we want to live if we have the courage and the work ethic to dive deeply into something that we passionately care about. And, and I heard that passion. Once we started talking tiny homes, you talked about the people that you've met and, and really the, the technology you were able to add to it. So certainly I know that there's passion in, in what you're doing. And I think the proof is in the pudding too, in, in the growth and, and really all the work that you guys have been doing, even right before this call is talking about how busy you are. So I, I would love as we come come to the end of the episode, I would love for folks to kind of find out how to learn more about Eclipse Cottages, learn more about you and your story. If they wanted to con contact you, follow you on social or anything like that, please, what are the links and some of the uh, socials that they could follow? And then we'll get to the last question. Uh, yeah. I mean, we got eclipsecottages.com. Go there, follow social media, Eclipse Cottages. You'll find us like, come on. My name is Justin Draplin. You don't know any others. Google it. You'll find me. Um, I do want to throw out there too, anybody listening, if you are struggling with alcohol or addiction, like feel free to reach out for me for that too. There are definitely local groups, you know, that you can connect to that are going to probably be better um, and give you that personal touch. But again, if you want to just reach out to me, I can help connect you to those local groups. I know how to do it. Um, it's very easy. Um, but if anybody just needs that, you know that I'm 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 happy 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 to um, take those calls and requests as well. I I definitely appreciate that because I think a lot of us guys we go through struggles with addiction, and it's not always just alcohol. You know, it could be pornography, it, it could be different substances, whatever it might be. You know, if this thing has a hold on us, um, it, it has the power. We don't, and we think we can manage it and handle it alone. Um, but that's not always the case. So I, I definitely appreciate that gesture. And I'll have those links and, and the um and the socials below in the show notes for anybody that needs that. Uh last question, Justin. Surprised we made it this far. <laughs> not joking. <laughs> but we um, stayed within the lines. We, we did. colored within the lines this episode. We did. I, I'm in I'm impressed with ourselves. Uh we we didn't get too crazy, too dicey. But this this last question is a little bit of a heavy one. Um, but I feel like you're not going to have any problems with it, but it's simply just, and if it's something you've mentioned already, feel free to kind of revisit that. But um, simply what is something that you've seen or something that's happened in your life that really shapes the way you view the world as a man? I don't know that there's one thing, but, but I will say and add that my wife has significantly opened my eyes 
to some things as far as not only how I look and act um, towards women, um, towards people that are different than me, um, but just kind of in general how the world reacts differently to people. And whether that's intentional or not, I mean, there are some people that is blatantly intentional, right? Like they blatantly don't like you because of this, right? And it could be a skin color. It could be a religion. It could be any of those things. Um, but there's a more subliminal part of that um, that I think I'm I'm still learning about, um, you know, and, and, and I still have myself, right? Um, and I think my wife has really helped me to understand that, particularly as it relates to women, but it, but it crosses, you know, other barriers as well, right? Yeah. Um, the stigmas, the um, life is messy, man. And, you know, yeah, you can, okay, I'm a, I'm a white, straight, male, um, right? Okay, fine. I won the lottery. Cool. Three strikes against you, brother. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> um, you know, and I, 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 okay, fine. I, you know, I, I get that there's a there's a there's some truth to that, right? And I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to amp that up too much or or minimize it too much at all. Like it's it's there's a truth to that, right? Um, and, but but it's my choice what I do with it, mm-hmm. and 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 that's kind of like my challenge today. Right. And, and again, it's more my wife opening my eyes to, to some of these things and challenging me with stories in her life, like what hap- what's happened to her um, and why she thinks it's happened. And, and it's been um, been good. I'll say this, man, keep showing up every day the way you show up when we hang out, when we see each other. And I think you'll do just fine, right? We're both a work in progress. We're heading in the right direction, and um, and just keep keep pushing on, man. Because I think you're you're very much well on your way. I love you, brother. Love you too, brother. And I'm I'm gonna recap some of the things that you said along the way because this this episode was fire. Um, and <laughs> and uh, it's gonna be a quick recap, but. I thought I had to be uh, when you talk about at a young age, some of the relationships that you had being more of a loner because you thought you had to be a lot of us get an identity at a young age and we hold on to that through life. Um, it's time to let that identity go. This this podcast episode is your permission to let that old identity go and craft and build a new one. Decisions catching up. A lot of times either life is going to make a decision for us or we have a, a look in the mirror moment where we need to make a change. And sometimes that happens when the decisions we make in life start catching up with us. If you're not living the life you want to live, if things just aren't working out why the way you want them to, maybe question why and look for some of the decisions you've made in the past that might be leading to some of the headaches that you're currently working on. I was being honest. Man, I love that. The two questions, who's here to stop drinking? Who's going to have another drink? Those two questions might be contradictory, but your answers to them can say a lot. And the fact that you said you were being honest in there plants the seed that starts the watering process to the new habits, the new identity, and of course, changed behavior. And we're never too lost. I love that, man, because just the title CEO, again, I remember as a young kid looking up, quite frankly, as people at people on TV, looking at people in managers, managing roles, thinking they had it figured out when it wasn't always the case. Now that I'm grown and I'm old, a lot of people are just trying to figure it out. And that doesn't mean that anybody's too far gone. 
And what are you pouring into your relationship versus what are you getting out of it? Learn what you want to learn and then add the business side to it. And life is messy. There's no way around it. Life certainly is, but it's on us to pick up the broom, clean up our little perimeter and make it better. Justin, man, thank you so much, man. We appreciate this episode. Awesome. And to the listeners, the watchers, everybody at home, thank you for making it to the end. We appreciate you as well. And show your appreciation to us by sharing this with a friend you know can get value from it. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. You can get a new episode each and every week. Leave a rating to let us know how we're doing. That's the only way we can get better is uh, by you letting us know where to improve. And as always, as always, guys, as we say at the end of the episode, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain. But you can't get the pleasure without first the pain. Let's grow. Let's get past the day. I think we're gonna do a great job. <laughs>